Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum. Last week I was speaking with Dan Patterson from Questioning Christianity and we were talking about explaining Easter to our friends. Today is part two of that episode. Both of these episodes are standalone, so if you haven't heard part one, don't worry, continue on today and listen to part two. What I'd like to do is I'd like to grab some pieces of the conversation, the entire conversation with Dan, and I'm going to play those to you, and then I'm going to make some personal comments on those, what they're saying to me, how they're ministering to me at this time, this Easter time, as I look at it, listen to it, reflect and work it through and discover how I can actually reach my world for Christ. I really hope you like this process and that you enjoy this episode. As an interesting aside, it's actually been 30 years this Easter since I met Jesus in California, and I might tell you a little bit about that uh, at the end of this episode. So come on the journey with me this week and enjoy the episode. For the Christian calendar, Easter is the highlight. We love celebrating the incarnation of God at Christmas, but Easter is the real crux of the Christian story, really the cross. And the focus on how God's love is expressed towards us as his earthly kids, the focus on God's dealing with evil and his desire for justice and the incredible hope that the Easter story gives as well through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, that death does not spell the end of the sentence of reality, but rather just a pause before giving way to eternal life that's on offer there. And so I think these big themes are just a really good way for us to talk about the Easter story. So there was so much right there that Dan just said, which was just amazing. And I could take quite some time to sit and ponder, in fact, probably for hours. But what I do want to focus on is something that I found really practical that helped a friend of mine in the past. And we were talking around this Easter space and kind of got onto the resurrection and the hope and and what that brings but what I actually said to her about resurrection and the death of Jesus was that did you know that Christ died but rose again now she had a church background in fact she had a Catholic background even though she didn't go but her parents were Catholics and she said to me oh yeah I totally believe that that Jesus actually did rise again so then I said to her so doesn't it then make sense that he is alive today she went completely silent thinking about that and then I was able to say and this is why I'm convinced that Jesus is actually still talking to me today because in fact he did rise from the dead. He is alive and he can communicate with people. I know it was a bit of an aha moment for her because she agreed that she believes that he rose from the dead. She just hadn't connected that he's alive and therefore someone that's alive can speak. So maybe that can help you this Easter time. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, we do thank you this Easter time for the gift in Jesus. We thank you for the death that he has paid for each one of us. It's such a high price that Jesus would pay. Lord, this Easter, I ask for that opportunity for myself and for all of us that 
we would be able to talk about this resurrected Christ, that yes, he is alive and he is communicating to people today, to just pose that question, to put that thought in people's minds, to bring the reality of God to people, the reality that he's alive, that he can actually speak and communicate. I guess it brings that personable side of Jesus, of God to people. And so we pray for that. We pray for opportunities this Easter time in Jesus' name. Let's imagine that I have a friend that says, oh yeah, I've heard about Easter. I know it's about the death of Jesus, but I don't really understand what is even the relevance of that how would you respond in a simple way i would say that the kind of relevance of the christian story as a whole and of easter in particular is how god deals with evil and how he offers us hope because to be a christian is to recognize that god's diagnosis of all of us is that we've been created for good to have deep and meaningful relationships with god and others but we've become damaged by evil that none of us live up to the way of love that we were designed for, that all of us have hurt others with what we've thought or said or done, all the good things we've left undone. And so what Easter represents is God's reckoning with evil, where rather than choosing to hold us accountable for what we've done, instead he offered to condemn evil, but by absorbing our penalty, by substituting himself in our place. And so the death of Jesus, it's not just some historical accident. It's not just a brutal political execution. What the Christian story says is that it is an intentional act of atonement where God works through his justice to be able to condemn evil by condemning Jesus, whilst we as the evildoers can be forgiven and made new through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And so these twin events of Jesus' death and resurrection, it's the costliness of evil. It's God's love for us, even though we commit it. It's God's suffering alongside us to show that he really does care and that he is there. And these themes then give way to this beautiful turning of the tides with the resurrection story where not only do we know that Jesus was who he claimed to be proved by his resurrection from the dead but God shows us that even our greatest enemy the terminal diagnosis of death that all of us have because of sin even this can be overturned so that we can have eternal life with him forever and so that idea of Jesus taking our punishment but then defeating our death these are the two great things that I want to communicate with my friends as to the relevance this really is life or death stuff. If we care about what goes on in the world and justice of the wrongs being set right, and if we care about the people that we've lost to death and and wonder, am I ever going to see them again, then these two great themes of God bringing about justice through judgment, but also offering hope for resurrection and eternal life through forgiveness. These, I think, are incredibly relevant to everyone alive today. Again, there was so much said here by Dan. It's just a minefield of incredible information and truth. When I listened to this for the first time, while I was interviewing Dan, I was struck by his words, an intentional act, that he talked about the death of Jesus, that this was an intentional act of the Father. And that intentional act is resulting in the possibility for people to have eternal life. So I'm wondering this Easter if you and I can actually raise a conversation or as the conversation evolves just around Easter with our friends, that we could simply pose a question, did you know that the death of Jesus was an intentional 
act by God the Father. And did you know that this intentional act can give us eternal life? What a great set of questions. An intentional act. I'm wondering what my friends might ask to that. Well, why would God actually, why did he intend to do that? Why would he do that? So have a go at having a conversation around an intentional act that results in eternal life. Father, we pray even now that you would give us those opportunities, that the doors would open for us to simply be reminded in our mind that it was an intentional act. Holy Spirit, would you remind us of that phrase and so that we would be able to raise it in conversations with people around us this Easter time. Lord, this is so exciting. Open the doors that we can talk about this intentional act. In Jesus' name we pray. A lot of my friends that aren't Christians or maybe are brand new to religious questions as a whole, I think I need to ask some diagnostic questions to see how familiar they are with what Christianity is and what's spelled out at the Easter story. So maybe things like, hey, how familiar are you with Easter? Or have you ever read one of the Gospels where it describes the suffering of Jesus or the Easter story, Good Friday through to Resurrection Sunday? What do you think about the Easter story? These diagnostic questions at least help me know what level of familiarity do they have? What are some of their barriers or hang-ups? Do they really understand its meaning? And so that would be really my encouragement is find these entry-level questions that first let you you know, where is this person coming from? Maybe they had a religious upbringing, went to a Catholic school or a Christian school. Maybe they had a grandma that brought them along to church, but never really made sense. These diagnostic level questions help you figure that out before then focusing, and what do I really want to say and why it's meaningful for me and why you can believe it's true. I love this idea of diagnostic questions that Dan's talking about because it helps us to diagnose where people are at, where they're at when it comes to Christianity, where they're at when it comes to Easter. I love this approach because what it's saying is it's not the same response for every person in my world that doesn't know Jesus. It's not a one pat answer when we start to talk about Jesus or the Gospels or anything to do at Easter this year. Every person is individual and every person is known by God. So really asking those questions is such a great reminder from Dan. I guess the key for me then is being able to listen, to tell myself, to put myself in a position in a conversation with people this Easter time where I'm really listening to what they're saying. And who knows that often what they're saying, there's more to it. There's even more in what they're not saying. So I love this. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to ask those right questions to try and ascertain where people are at and then I'm going to talk about my faith that would intersect exactly where they are at after I've listened to them, after I've listened to their hearts so to speak. It's so important. Lord thank you for this great reminder from Dan to use diagnostic questions and I pray for myself and pray for each of us as we're having conversations this Easter time and leading into Easter that we would ask the right questions. We would assume that we need to know more about them. We would assume that there's more information that we can gain from people before we try and connect 
or let them see how Jesus may be relevant to where they're at in their life or how he could answer the questions that may unfold as we're listening to their hearts. So help us this Easter, Lord, to ask the right questions and to have a listening posture that we could hear people, we could see people where they are at. We would see them how you see them this Easter time and respond accordingly in Jesus' name. Think of the industries that either try to distract us from death or help us escape it. We run away from death, but sometimes this grim specter, it hits us in the face. And and what do we do with that? And what the Christian story says is that death is not this dead end, but rather it can give way to eternal life for anyone who believes in Jesus, that the offer of the gospel is immortality, eternal life. And I just think that's something that resonates deeply with the sense of loss and sometimes meaninglessness that can come alongside the reality of death in the world is to say, actually, no, there is something more. There is an eternity that's on offer. It's been put in the hopes of every human heart. And the Christian story says it's not just a wish fulfillment thing. It's real. It's real. And it's proved to be real by the historical resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So I think the hope of the Easter story is incredible. Hope for guilty consciences cleansed. Hope for becoming new creations who are able to be who we were created to be, to live up to that way of love. And then this hope for eternal life that death can give way to standing in the presence of God forever, where he'll wipe away every tear. Oh my gosh, so many great comments again here from Dan. What I really focused on the most myself was this whole concept of death, this whole idea that we don't do well when we talk about death or understanding what happens when people even die so I love this what a great time at Easter to even raise this conversation that we know it's the death of Christ let's talk about that what do people even think about death and life after death this is an easy one for me to talk about because there's so much tragedy going on in the world with a war going on that I can really talk about death I can raise that topic and then make a natural connection to the Easter story and what do people think and then I even think of this podcast that I did that was called dying to be alive where a guy was sharing his death encounters and maybe you just want to search that up on our website dying to be alive to get some more ideas on how you would even continue to talk about death and death encounters so you go well with this in Jesus name. Lord we pray this Easter time for opportunities to talk about the concept of death even though it sounds so morbid but it can be so natural and so easily linked in with what's going on at Easter and around the world. Help us to ask people those diagnostic questions about death. What do they think happens when people die? What is after dying? Lord give us opportunities this Easter to connect with people around this often morbid space of death yet it can bring so much hope help us to engage creatively around this in jesus name is there good evidence to believe that jesus rose from the dead so the christianity is not just a good idea but really is good news it's an announcement of what happened in history and that's why the evidence you know we said we don't come with facts or figures i think sometimes we need percussive force a little bit to say well it seems to me that the resurrection it makes the most sense of the historical data that there is a resurrection-shaped hole 
in history that we can only really account for the historical sources and the birth of the Christian movement if Jesus really did rise from the dead. None of the other alternative explanations seem to account for all of the available evidence. And most people, that's surprising to them. They've never heard a presentation of the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus like that. And so I remember giving such a presentation at the university. It was a number of years ago now. And there was one engineering student who came up to me afterwards and we're discussing and he's brand newcomer to Christianity, has no religious background. And he said to me, uh, you know what, after hearing you talk, I, I think you're right. I think maybe Jesus did come back from the dead. Maybe miracles happened. He didn't know what that meant. He wasn't yet a Christian. He wasn't ready to give his heart to the Lord. But he was just convinced by the evidence that, hey, this seems to be, if what you're saying is true, a really, really strong case for the resurrection of Jesus. Wasn't that fantastic information right there from Dan? Is there good evidence for Jesus? Well, yes, of course there is. Jesus is not just somebody that we experience, something that um, many people think of we're just having an emotional response to, but there's good evidence, there's facts for the truth of the existence and the resurrection of Jesus. As I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, wow, there's so much stuff that I still need to know. There's so many things I need to learn. I need to be able to articulate myself to my friends that are questioning me, wanting some evidence, wanting a rational discussion, wanting an intellectual discussion. Dan hasn't asked me to say this, but can I encourage you to go to questioningchristianity.com? Dan is just so great at explaining things. There's lots of information there, articles to read, clips to watch on YouTube. It's absolutely fantastic. So I'm praying that this Easter that I'm more prepared than ever intellectually understanding the evidence for Jesus, the evidence for his life and his death and resurrection. I'm praying also that you'll go there and get the information that you need so that you feel more confident to have those discussions when people are asking for the evidence. Lord, we pray right now, this Easter time, Father, bring people across our paths where we can have a good rational discussion with. Lord, we just thank you that you did live, you died and you rose again. It's a fact. Help us, Lord, to present the evidence to people this Easter time in Jesus' name. Help us to learn more where we need to learn in this space and to be effective at articulating the evidence in Jesus' name. For the most part, we're complex beings and it really depends on the person you're speaking to is what's going to be helpful for them and how the Spirit of God wants to work in their life. Some people are more cerebrally oriented and so they need answers. They need it to make sense. They need to be able to follow the logic through and for their heart to be open to embrace it. So the heart cannot receive what the mind rejects as false. For others, they're going to be far more moved by stories, you know, and the beauty of Christianity when you can tell it, explain the big story, not so much through argument and evidence, but just how it speaks to our deepest longings and needs. That's going to be more compelling. And I tend to try and frame things around explaining the Christian story, around arguing for the Christian story, and then inviting people to step in to the Christian story and a way of tying together that storied element, the evidence element, the human side, and what difference it's really made for me personally. And so I think if we're speaking to people, we need to recognize we're more complex than just a heart that beats or a mind that thinks that we're some mixture of all of these things. And that our approach then to being able to frame the gospel helpfully needs to include aspects of all of those things. 
you're someone that can hold this tension really well of being able to give a defense but very passionate about the story and the personal application to your own life what makes you so passionate about this i came back to explore the Christian story, the Bible, when I was 18, for a whole range of reasons, but just came to think that its answers to life's deepest questions, they really did stand up under scrutiny, that they were good news in that it imbues you with a sense of meaning, purpose, of a love of God, of a way to live, of a hope for the future. There's just so much that uh, that the Christian story offers in it being good news, but that it really was true news too. And the more questions that I had, not being closed down by the Christians around me, but invited to investigate, to explore the evidence, to ask the hard questions, just came to see that it really, really did stack up. Truth invites questioning. And so that openness of Christianity to be explored and, and put under the microscope, I've deeply appreciated. How good was that? Oh, so much there again that Dan just said. But what I absolutely love, I mean, I loved all of it. But at the very end, when Dan said truth invites questioning, that just spoke to me so loudly. I think why it spoke to me so much was that in the past, or when I first became a Christian, I think I was a little close to people questioning. Like I was just trying to give some answers, some very strong answers. And then if they had questions back, I would just straight away try and shut them down or or not answer it enough. But really what I need to embrace more and what I do these days is exactly that. Allow people to ask more questions. I have more questions myself as well, but truth does invite questioning. And I guess this Easter time, I need to be more open to the questions that people are bringing and more open that maybe I don't have the answers for all of their questions. I mean, there's some really hard times that we go through as Christians and you never nail the answer. You never have the full answer and that's okay. I think people need to see the authentic Tina. They need to see us as authentic Christians as we follow Christ through the ups and the downs. So this concept of questioning, allowing people to ask questions, inviting people to ask questions, but also knowing that maybe we don't have all the answers and we still have questions ourselves about how God moves, how he operates, and that's okay. I think we need to be authentic. Truth invites questioning. Dan, that was such a powerful comment, which I so appreciate. Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you today that you're not afraid yourself of the questions, that you have the answer to people's questions. You do have the answers to our questions, even though we don't perceive the answers all the time. Help us to be people that are not off put by other people's questionings, but to actually invite questioning, to know that the truth of Jesus will stand alone, that Jesus will speak loudly, that when Jesus is investigating, through questions that he will be found to be who he says he is. So help us this Easter time, Lord, to invite the world around us, our friends and our neighbours, to ask questions, to be okay when people provoke us and want to know more. Truth invites questioning. Amen. Well, I pray you've really enjoyed going back over some of those things that Dan said in the original interview and listening to some of my reflections and thoughts on that and having a small time of prayer together. 
As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it's actually 30 years this Easter that I met Jesus in California. I'd been traveling the world, as some of you may know, and I bumped into a guy in the Greek islands that was a Christian. He was from California. I noticed that his life was really different and it spoke very loudly to me. He never said anything about Jesus, but eventually that came out and I put it all together. I actually realized that there's a corresponding way of life that goes with this following Jesus stuff. So when I said yes to Jesus, I had already worked out in my mind that there was a way that Jesus wanted me to live. I was so thankful for that powerful witness, that powerful living out Christianity in front of me. It changed me. So I pray this Easter time that you continue to live the life that Jesus has called you to live, that your life continues to be a witness to your friends, your neighbours, to your family, to your work colleagues, to your schoolmates. I'm praying that you have a wonderful Easter and that the information that we've gone over these past two weeks really helps you to reach real people. I'm praying that these two episodes around sharing our faith at Easter have been really helpful for you, that they really help you to engage with people this Easter time. Don't forget that you can grab a free sample of our personal evangelism course on Mission with God at Home on our website evangelisminaustralia.com forward slash free sample. I'd love to have you, your small group or your entire church taking this course and upskilling to be more effective at sharing their faith naturally in conversations. Have a wonderful Easter. <laughs>